Welcome to the Nurse Becoming podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Guarneri from the Resume RX, and this is the podcast that's dedicated to empowering and encouraging nurses along your path of professional and self discovery. As a nurse practitioner, mom, and business owner, I'm on a mission to help you figure out how to leave your lasting impact on the world, all while bravely and fearlessly growing along the way. Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth, all through the lens of nursing. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Nurse Becoming Podcast. It's your host, Amanda Guarneri. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am so happy to talk with you. And today we are kicking off the new year with an episode for nurse practitioners. And we're going to talk about three surprising places to find a nurse practitioner job. I think that this is going to be on the more practical side, which I know will be super helpful for all of you winter graduates or even your spring graduates, because you're starting to think about your job search. I hope this is the time to start getting those wheels turning about what you're going to do after after graduation. So let's kind of dive into it. You know, I talk a lot about the downfalls of exclusively looking on the internet to find jobs right? If you've been to any of my trainings or watched a few of my videos or come to a presentation of mine, you probably have heard me talk about my frustrations with online job searching and how I really feel like it doesn't give you the most complete picture when it comes to what's available for jobs, because it doesn't. The reality is not all vacancies are posted online, especially in the nurse practitioner world, where there are plenty of private practices and smaller clinics that don't advertise on these big job sites that you may be looking to for jobs. So I think that what ends up happening is people who focus exclusively on what's available online in terms of job vacancies, it dilutes things and kind of gets them into this mentality when they're not hearing back because there's more competition for online jobs. It perpetuates this myth of oversaturation because to a lot of people, if a job's not posted online, then it doesn't exist. And that's false information. So what I usually encourage instead is to explore the hidden job market. And the hidden job market in a nutshell is the jobs that are not posted online publicly. So this refers to basically any existing vacancy that's advertised in a smaller way or where they're not advertising at all and looking via referral or word of mouth, people who are retiring, people who haven't created a job yet for you, you know, practices who don't know that they need you, basically any opportunity that exists, like any actual vacancy or potential vacancy that isn't posted online to these large job boards is considered part of the hidden job market. And as a new grad or as a nurse practitioner in a very competitive area where there are lots of other nurse practitioners, this is part of my recommended strategy that you focus on for your job search, especially if you don't have a lot of experience or you have no experience. But you want to go where there's less competition, right? So that you can have a higher chance of standing out. So I'm going to talk about three places that you can look for and potentially find a nurse practitioner job that are not online. Well, 
not traditionally online anyway, that are technically part of this hidden job market. And I hope that you will take this seriously and consider these three places as strategies as you move forward. So the first and kind of top recommended surprising place for you to find your nurse practitioner job, especially if you are a new grad, is one of your clinical sites, one of the places where you are doing your clinical hours for school. In a couple episodes, I am going to be sitting down with a few new grad NPs for a roundtable interview. So a bunch of us all on the podcast talking about their new grad experiences. And you'll hear from Nat, who has a great story about how she had to coordinate her own clinical sites in school. And she strategically chose her clinical site because she thought it would be a great place for her to work after graduation. Okay, so she like really was strategic about this. And this is the silver lining of if you have to coordinate your own clinical sites. Usually I recommend to try to find a program where you don't have to, but those are few and far between these days. So I won't tell the entirety of the story, but essentially she did her clinical in a place where she thought she would love to work, and she treated her clinical like a really long working interview. And before the end of her rotation, she sat down with leadership, with the office manager and the medical director and her preceptor, and she said, I really want to work here. I love it here. I would love to work here, and opened up the conversation. And you know, long story short, I will give a little spoiler. She is working there. This is her first NP job. And you'll hear more about that in a couple of weeks during that roundtable episode. But this is a really underutilized strategy by new nurse practitioners. Because if you think about it, clinical sites, you've essentially had several weeks or months of what can be viewed as a working interview. You've shown them your aptitude for learning, And then on the flip side, on your side, you've had a chance to see if this is a place where you feel like you could fit in, where you would be supported and mentored. So I really think that it's one of the best places to find a position. Now, you know, a lot of people are really nervous about opening this conversation. Like, I don't know what to say. Should I wait until they suggest it? Or is it okay to bring it up? And the thing is, you know, this is your kind of lack of confidence in your imposter syndrome trying to get in your way. Because if you don't say anything, if you're silent and you don't ever say, hey, I would love to work here, they're not going to assume that you want to work there and open up a conversation about offering you a job. They might. that Like that would be really great and it might happen. But chances are, if you don't say anything, they're going to assume that you have no interest in working there or they're going to assume that you have something else lined up. So The silence, you know, staying silent, no one's going to be able to read your mind and no one's going to be kind of waiting for you to say something or judging you if you do or you don't. If you just open up the conversation, even if you just say to your preceptor, wow, this has been such a great experience. What would have to happen for me to get a job working here after graduation and just see what happens and you know, if you have a good relationship with your preceptor and if this rotation has gone well, then your preceptor will likely offer to facilitate a conversation between you and the person who does the hiring. And regardless of whether they have a vacancy available, a lot of practices will create a position for you or do what they can 
to make sure that they can hire you after graduation, even if it's the type of thing where they anticipate a vacancy in the next few months, but they'll hire you on to start part time. You know, these are things that are negotiable. And like I said, just because there's not a public job posting for the position that you want doesn't mean that they might not be willing to hire you anyway. So don't let that hold you back and make it really clear with the people who make the decisions, starting with your preceptor, that this is a place that you want to work and that you want to have that conversation and discussion with them. So that's the first place, your clinical sites. Hey there, friend. If you are a brand new nurse practitioner or an NP student nearing graduation, I have the perfect resource for you that will help you get all your ducks in a row as you get started with your job search. It's called the Nurse Practitioner Graduation Survival Guide, and you can get it totally free at my website at theresumerx.com npgrad. This guide will help break down the glossary of all the terms and acronyms that you will need to be applying for. Think like NPI and DEA, as well as giving you the typical timeline of everything that needs to happen before you can start working as an NP. I can't wait for you to snag this guide so you can stop worrying about everything you need to do before you can be legit. Go ahead to theresumerx.com slash NPgrad and get it for free. Can't wait to hear what you think. The second surprising place to find a nurse practitioner job would be with your friends and family. So this is a strategy that I think is often underutilized, which is asking your friends and family for referrals. You know, chances are you won't have anyone in your friend or family circle who is an actual decision maker for nurse practitioner employment. However, you probably have a lot of friends and family that are in other fields. So why couldn't you send out either a mass email or take an hour to copy and paste a message, an email message to your friends and family that's a little bit more personalized and say, hey, as you know, I'm graduating this spring with my master's or my doctorate and I will be a nurse practitioner. I am looking for a job in you could say, you know, the field or the city, or let's say you're looking for a job at a particular institution in town. You know, I'm looking for a job at University Hospital in our city. If you could make an introduction for me, I would be so grateful. With the degrees of networking, you know, the the degrees of association between us and others, especially in large geographical regions, chances are your friends and family have some sort of connection that they can use to help you because really what you want to be introduced to, who you want to be introduced to is some sort of decision maker on the other end. Like you want to have someone who knows you well, you know, a close, warm, or even hot connection of yours introduce you to somebody that you don't know, but by nature of that connection, you will be kind of vetted, so to speak, or vouched for. And that's really what you're looking for. And don't assume that people are going to know that you're graduating or know what type of job you're looking for or know where you're looking for a job. And most people would not be turned off by an email, text, or phone call from you, especially if you already know them and are close with them, asking for a referral or an introduction if they know somebody. Most people will probably 
really take some time to think about who they could introduce you to that could be a beneficial relationship. So I really challenge you to come up with a plan for how you will reach out to your friends and family and ask to be introduced or ask to be referred for a position or to a particular institution. So that's number two, your friends and family. Number three is, don't laugh, social media. Now, there's a specific strategy on social media that I have seen work firsthand. And the strategy is posting on LinkedIn. Now, this is a little bit more of a putting yourself out there kind of strategy. But what I've been seeing is new graduates who are posting a picture of themselves, either with their diploma or in their cap and gown, or even just a nice headshot saying, you know, I recently graduated or I'll be graduating next month, you know, listing their degree. Uh, I'm looking for a position working in and be really specific. Like I'm looking for a position in the greater, you know, New York area working in family planning or something like that. And just saying, can any of my LinkedIn connections make a referral or introduce me to someone, you know, something of that nature? And if you go on LinkedIn, you can see some good examples of these if you have a fair amount of connections because they they pop up in my feed every once in a while. And the reason being, they tend to go, I don't want to say viral, but they tend to have a lot of engagement. So they tend to get a lot of comments like, congrats, Amanda, on your graduation and lots of kind of celebratory chatter, which boosts the post in the algorithm and in other people's feeds. So for example, if I'm connected to somebody and somebody else comments on that post, even if I'm not friends with that person who's commenting, it's going to show up in my feed and vice versa. If you're my connection and you comment on another post of a person who's not my connection, that post is still going to show up in my feed. So the more people who comment, the more connections that post is going to be shown to, which can really expand the web of the visibility of that post, especially if you are super specific on like the city, town, or county that you want to work in. This can be a really powerful strategy. What I do recommend beforehand, though, and if you're a spring graduate, this would be prime time to do this, would be to start making connections now so that when you make this post, when you've graduated, and when you're more seriously looking to sign a job offer, you will be pushing your post out to a larger list of connections. And, you know, in terms of LinkedIn, this is something that we can probably talk about another time and is available in my LinkedIn training, but you can be making connections with other nurses, other nurse practitioners, physicians, other people who work at organizations that you admire in your area, even if you don't know them. You know, just sending a personalized connection request, introducing yourself, saying that you're expanding your network in, on LinkedIn, thanks for connecting, that is totally an acceptable thing to do. Not every request will get accepted, but I think that spending some time kind of searching for prominent figures in your field in your geographical area can be a really great strategy a few months or even a year or two before graduation, especially if you plan to nurture those connections a little bit more. But for the purposes of this point, I don't want to go too far off on a tangent. When you graduate, if you decide to use this 
posting strategy, the more connections you have, the better, because that will just kind of widen and expand that web that that post of yours gets pushed out to. So those are my three surprising places to find a nurse practitioner job. The first one being your clinical sites while you are doing your rotations in school. The second being your friends and family asking them for a referral or an introduction. And the third one being social media posting that you are looking for a very specific job in a specific area and using the power of LinkedIn and the algorithm on LinkedIn to get in front of lots of eyeballs. So I hope that this has been helpful. If it has been helpful, I would love for you to shout me out on Instagram. You can take a screenshot of you listening and tag me at the resume RX, or even better, if you have a friend or colleague who you think this episode would help, would you share it with them? You know, send the link to them in a text message or a screenshot and let them know that you think that this would be a really helpful episode for them. Whenever you do something like that, it's so helpful to me and also to the show to get in as many ears as possible. So until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you and I will catch you next week. Well, that does it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and making it all the way to the end. If you found today's episode helpful, would you take a minute and give me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts? It will truly help other nurses find this show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I cannot wait to connect with you again soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.